0: Good morning. Uh, We're going to look at how to put our foundation in God this morning through our message series that we're continuing on. Um, We are in the middle of our par for the course message series. And what we're doing is um, we're looking at the path to proper privilege in life. We all want privilege in life. If I asked everybody, you know, hey, do you want privilege in the audience? Everybody raise their hand. Nobody would say, no, thanks. I'm good. Um, We all want it. We want influence in people's lives, we want maybe that promotion at work, or maybe not the promotion, but the extra pay that comes from the promotion at work, that might be what we want. Um, so far in this series, we've looked at a couple different principles for um, the, that help you along the path to proper privilege. In week one, we looked at the short game. Um, that was how we need to be faithful in the little things. And then in week two, we took a look at um, how to be faithful with our finances. And it's through that that we show that we can be entrusted with true riches in life. Par for the course, it's a golf term. That's the theme that we're going with for uh, this message series. It's that par for the course, that's the number you're shooting for, uh, that you should be able to make it in the hole <laughs> on the golf course. Um, and you can either go over the par or under par. Um, But what we've been looking at is these different principles. Today we're going to be looking at carrying another's bag. That's what we're going to look at today. In golf, there's caddies. The caddies, they carry the bags of their golfers. And uh, here's a picture of a professional caddy. There he is. He's carrying his bag. Uh, his golfer's bag. It's easy to see the caddy and you just think, OK, they carry the bags, right? That's what they do. That's their job. Maybe they keep track of the score, too. Um, but actually, a caddy has a pretty big job on the, the golf course. They have to know the course inside and out. They need to be able to tell the golfer how far away they are from the hole from any point on the golf course. So whether they hit it straight down the middle of the fairway or they're in the trees, they need to know exactly how far away that they are. Then they also give them recommendations on what club to use. So they need to know how far their golfer can hit the ball with the different clubs. Maybe what club they have more confidence in than another and then finally, they also they need to know what makes their golfer tick. One article that I read said that a, a caddy is part psychologist, part coach. they got to know how to pick their golfer up when they hit a bad shot. Or maybe how to keep them from getting too excited when they hit a really good shot. The job of carrying another's bag, it shows us an important principle in the way that God has wired how, how privilege works in life. His job is to make the person that he's carrying the bags for successful. That's the whole job of the caddy. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to maximize the talent that the golfer has by giving him good advice um, and, and helping him throughout the, the course. And if he does a good job, he actually gets a lot of privilege for doing that. The pictures that I was showing the golfer in um, there is Jordan Spieth, and I, I don't even know the caddy's name, which goes well with the, the message. I should have remembered that. But um, that caddy quit his job as a middle school teacher in 2012, and he's made an estimated $5 million by carrying his bags. There's privilege that comes from doing his job well. All that money for just carrying his bags, giving him good advice. We all have situations in our life where we're responsible for carrying another's bags. We're responsible for being faithful to things that aren't really our own. Maybe at work, at home, in relationships, when we borrow something, or maybe when we accidentally damage somebody else's property. There's these situations that we hit every day. When we're managing another's stewardship. So I wanted to ask you an important question this morning. And that is, how are you doing with carrying another's bags? Or put another way, you know, how are you taking care of that which is not your own? How's that going in your life? Do you treat it like it's your own? Or do you take care of it well? Maybe you shouldn't treat it like it's your own. Sometimes we don't treat our own stuff that well. But are you taking care of that which is another's? Or do you just kind of handle it haphazardly? It turns out that the way that we handle another's has a huge impact on the privilege that God brings our way. And we see this. We see that faithfulness with another's qualifies us for our own. There's a handout in your, your program. You might want to follow along with that and take notes on there. But we see faithfulness with another's qualifies us for our own. We've been looking in the book of Luke in, the, in chapter 16 in this series. And Luke, is, it's a biography of Jesus' life. Take a look at what Jesus says in Luke 16, verse 12. And if you have not been faithful... In that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? I've caught myself thinking the opposite of this verse a lot. I think when when I get my own, that's when I'm really going to take care of it. That's when I'm really going to put forth my full effort. We get the faithfulness, it's rewarded, but it's easy to forget the another's part about it. It's easy to think when you're at home. For me, I I rent at home. It's easy to think, you know, okay, when I get a house, I'll really take care of it. I'll really do well with it. Or at work, when we're under a boss, when I get to be the boss, I'll really put forth the right effort. or or, or I'll lead in a good way. Or at church, it's easy to think, you know, when I really get the assignment that I want to serve in, that's when I'm really going to go for it. Maybe we don't think these things exactly, but the attitude, it's easy for it to just creep into our thinking and the way that we put forth our efforts. Luke 16, 12, it's warning us to not, to not slack off in handling another's because that's going to cut us off from experiencing some privilege in the future. So it's important to think through, you know, where are we entrusted To be faithful with another's and then we need to go to the Bible for guidance on on how to put that into practice how to really um, Make the Bible a foundation for us To live on So here's three common areas that the Bible gives us some guidance On handling someone else's so here's some biblical guidance for faithfulness with someone else's business now, you can fill in whatever type of work that you have um, into to business. Not everybody works for a business, but I worked in business before I was on staff, so I, I wanted to use business um, there and there. Um, but at work, it's easy to go a couple different ways with how we um, put forth effort. One way is to just do enough to get by on the job. I'm just going to put enough effort in to, to just get by. That type of attitude is not going to lead the privilege in the future, and hopefully you keep your job. Um, but it's not going to bring the privilege that you want. Another way is to, to try to take control of more responsibility than we've been given, to make sure that, one, either it gets done right or to put ourselves forward so that we, people see how good we are, so we get the promotion in the future. But those responses, they're not really helpful. In the workplace, in the work environment, both of those responses are really focused on ourselves. Focused on either one, making it the easy way for us uh, to get by on the job, or it's either thinking of ourselves as more highly than we ought to. We think, okay, we're the best person to get all this done, um, or we're if we're trying to take more control, it's, it's grabbing for that promotion. It's it's. Stepping on other people to get what we've done, but take a look at what the Bible um, says and how it encourages us to work. Colossians three, twenty-two through twenty-four says, Bondservants, servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. This gives incredible help when we're working, if we take it seriously. God calls his followers to work to a different standard. If we're going to be faithful with another's, then we need to do that in in three ways that we see in this verse here. Faithfulness with another's at work happens as we obey the authority over us. That one hurts a little bit because you might be thinking, well, yeah, that's great, but you don't really know my boss or who, who my boss is. Or, you know, they really don't know what they're doing. But this verse was written to bond servants. That's slaves. They were told to obey their earthly masters. If they were able to obey then we're able to obey. But it's not just obeying the boss that we need to do. We need to work as if for the Lord, not for men. This is really helpful. This shifts your whole perspective at work. When you realize, I am working for the God of the universe, not just the person that's standing in front of me right there, that can shift your attitude really quickly. We're supposed to work from the heart, heartily. And we work this way because we, we, we want to fear God. Take him seriously. Take what the Bible says seriously. It takes faith to work for another this way. Because if we work hard, am I going to get taken advantage of? Or is anybody going to notice That I'm working hard. There's all kinds of fears that come up when we're working hard for God, not for man. But the instruction in here is that we need to give our life at work to our ultimate boss, God. And then we need to trust that God will reward us for our work. Think about what these verses are saying here. First in Luke and now in Colossians. It's saying that God, the God who created the universe, he is in tune to how we're handling another stewardship. He's paying attention to how we're doing our work. And if we handle it well, then we're qualified to be given our own, is what that verse in Luke sixteen twelve is saying. How hard would you work if you truly believed that? I bet all of our workplaces, all of our homes or everywhere would get a lot more done if we really believed that. There would be a lot less conflict because we would be wanting to get the job done. The Bible also gives us some guidance on how to be faithful in handling someone else's property. Luke sixteen twelve says, again, And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Think about the ways that you're entrusted with someone else's property. Maybe you're renting a house or you borrowed some tools or a a car or at church here, we rent the school that we're at here. We get tests of faithfulness with other stuff all the time. We get them all the time. There have been countless times where I've had to go to the place where our church is meeting and to tell them that we've broken something. And each time that I go to tell them that we broke something, I'm thinking, are they really going to notice if we don't tell them? Or it's not really that big of a deal. But i got to go tell them because that's the right thing to do. we got to handle their property r- rightly. But it takes faith to be faithful with another's property. It takes faith to do that. And it's with the faith that we can apply this principle to specific situations in our life. One of those ways that we want to apply it is we want to leave things better than we we received it. When we borrow someone else's property, try to make it better than how you found it. Someone borrowed my car a while back. They, They got it washed for me before they returned it. I really appreciated that. And trust me, that was a lot better than when they borrowed it. It was not looking that good when they got it. And then also we want to take responsibility when we break things. Within the first month of living at the house that we're currently renting, our microwave caught on fire. I wasn't really sure what happened. And then I after, you know, I settled down the adrenaline <laughs> settled down from putting out the fire, I started to think back to what happened. I was making pasta and I think what had happened was instead I wanted to use the timer on the microwave. Well, I didn't use the timer. I turned it on. Apparently, that's not good to do because it can catch on fire like it did. And so I I, I let the landlord know. And, you know, I, I really wanted to make him pay for it because I wasn't really sure if I, I had broken it. And it was easy to, to justify that. But I re- I realized after a while that, you know what, I had broken it. I didn't use it the way that it needed to, and so I had to buy a new microwave for the house we're renting, and we'll leave it there when we leave. Just kind of a bummer. But, hey, I'm trying to put this into practice, I guess. That's why I'm sharing the story. <laughs> Makes for a good illustration, I guess. Um <clears throat> might seem like just small things, but the way we handle another's property has a direct impact on our future. And the way that we... That we need to be faithful another way is by handling another's reputation. The Bible gives us clear instruction on how we are to handle someone else's reputation. Look at Proverbs 27. It says, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. There's a responsibility here in this verse that we're to build up another's reputation not with flattery or things that aren't true, but with real encouragement based on facts. But it takes faith to build another's reputation because if we're building up somebody else, who's going to be telling about the good things that we're doing? Who's going to be looking out for us in that way? So this kind of, of encouragement, of building other people up. It takes faith to be able to do it. And this kind of thought that we're looking at here, it applies to all the areas that we're we're looking at. When we focus on being faithful with another's, there's just this natural fear that creeps in to us. Because if, if I'm taking care of another's, will I ever arrive at my goal's? Am I ever going to get there? Or who's looking out for my goals and interests while I'm looking out for other people? I'm sure you've all been thinking of that as we're talking about this. If we're honest, it's just really a natural fear that we have. If we help everybody else, then who's going to help us? How are we not going to get ripped off in the end, getting to that point where we can put into practice the Bible and trust that we're not going to get ripped off in the end, that's what the Bible defines as faith. And the faith that God will not rip us, rip us off, that comes from a relationship with God. And that relationship, it's only possible because God sent His Son, Jesus Christ. Down to Earth to restore the relationship between people and himself. The Bible explains it this way: God created the universe, and He created the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. God gave them one rule: Don't eat of the fruit of a certain tree in the garden Eden that they were living in. Well, they ate from the tree. They broke, they disobeyed God. And when they did, when they decided to live life their own way, not God's way, sin entered into the world. And sin is, is a, the, the name, what it means is missing the mark that God has given us to live by. They, they turned their own way. That sin, it separates us from God. And it separates us from God from, with a gap that we can't fathom. Because God is perfect, we are not. And there's this this gap that we can't even understand how big it is. So God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live on earth, to live a perfect life. Jesus never sinned. He lived a perfect life on earth, and he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he became the substitute for our sin, to restore our relationship with God. His death became a sacrifice. For our sins, and we can have a relationship with God through that. You see, God has always been faithful to man, even though we turned our back on him, he has always been faithful to us, working to restore that relationship with us. The faith to trust God and to be faithful with another's it comes from God's character. He won't rip us off. He hasn't. He continues to be faithful to us throughout our life. In faith, what that really is, it's a matter of trusting God and fearing God. Fearing God, what that means is that you are convinced He is real and that He is at work, and work in ways that we can't see. And so you take Him seriously. You read the Bible. And you take that seriously. You put it into practice, into your life. You live it out. Trusting God, that's relying on Him. You're all in on what He is, what He is saying. You're going to put your trust in Him without any backup plans. You're going all in on trusting God. So when we talk about carrying another's back, making your boss successful, handling others' property well, speaking highly of others, the attitude of faith is behind that. And what it is is that I'm, you're saying, I am going to trust God with my own success as I help others succeed with their goals and interests. I'm going to trust God with the outcome as I do that. Can you trust God like that? I want to tell you about someone that I've seen do this. Um, Tina Lewis has worked for Church in the Valley over the last 25 years. She's retiring at the end of this year. And she she's not in the room. She's in the nursery right now. So she probably prefers that as I talk about this. But she started out volunteering at the church as a secretary because she knew we needed one, but she also knew the church didn't have any money to pay her. <laughs> so she volunteered as the, the church secretary. And she was faithful at that. Her job was to make the pastor successful, to help make Church in the Valley successful. She was faithful in doing that as a volunteer. God rewarded her for that with a paying job at the church. Um, And as she was faithful, what has happened over time is God has given her a lot of privilege. She has a lot of influence on people's lives here at Church in the Valley. She has... It's somebody that my wife has gone to many times and asked her questions about how to things that are going on in her life. She's helped her. She's somebody who God has really allowed to just have a lot of influence. We're all influenced by her in this room, um, and you don't even know it because she's working behind the scenes to get things done and get things ready for how we do things here at church on Sundays. But that influence that she has built up over time, it's a privilege from God. And it would have been cut off if she had not been faithful at the beginning with her job. Because if somebody is not faithful in one area, we wonder, are they really faithful in others? We're not going to go to them for advice or things like that. What we've been seeing... In the Bible in this series is that faithfulness in the small things faithfulness with our money faithfulness with another's these are all tests given by God that we must pass before the privilege is going to come in our life. If you're stuck you feel like you're not advancing in life don't force demand or push your way forward there's no shortcut to legitimate privilege in life. These tests are God's path to proper privilege that lasts. And if we don't pass the test, we get to retake it again and again. You might feel like you're stuck in the same situation over and over and again. Maybe it's it's a faithfulness test that you need to pass. Sometimes people get illegitimate privilege in life, but they haven't proven Faithful. Some people are born into privilege, but you know what? They often squander the wealth and disgrace their families. Some people maneuver and lie to get what they want. There's a story of a dentist in in Georgia, well, I say dentist in Georgia, who had been practicing as a licensed dentist for six years and did a lot of damage to people because she wasn't a dentist she wasn't licensed. She's in jail for a long time. She had privilege for a little time, but then she got found out. Some people step on others to get the privilege role that they want. But if we gain privilege illegitimately, the lack of proof is going to show up at some point. The lack of proof in our life is going to show up. So maybe right now you're trying to recover from something like this. Maybe you gained some illegitimate privilege and and now you're dealing with the consequences that have come from that but the way out of it is faithfulness the way out of things like that is faithfulness and it's important for all of us wherever we are in life to think through some questions to ask different questions about areas that we are in and these are on the back of your handout. Um, in your your program. Um, and here's some questions to think through different areas and ask about how we're doing with carrying another's back. The first question is, who, who am I following? Think through work, home, where, wherever it may be. Who am I following right now? Then what is my role in that situation? What's my role in following there? Or what's the next goal or the objective that I can help my leader? reach. Another question, what am I renting or borrowing right now that I need to be faithful with? Or how have I cared for another, for other people's stuff lately? Houses, cars, tools, toys, whatever it may be. It takes faith to think through your life and specifically apply God's word to it. But as you do that, God will show himself faithful to you. And over time, you'll build more and more faith and trust in God. And he will give you privilege at the appropriate time as you trust in him with that. So take this seriously. Consider some next steps that you might want to take in response to the message today. One of those next steps is that you might want to spend some focused time evaluating um, your roles in life and consider how to better support my leaders. That might be a next step that you want to take in response to the message today. Look over those questions. um, Spend some just real focused time thinking through the different areas in your life. How can I take that seriously? Another next step might be to um, take, take account of my stewardship of other people's possessions. Think through, how have I been handling other people's stuff? Is there some adjustments I need to make, some things I might need to make right with that? Or you might want to memorize Luke sixteen twelve to help you to help you remember this principle. And if you are if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Let's pray. God, we thank you um, just for the Bible and the guidance that it is, and just how oftentimes it's the opposite of what we think. And we just pray and ask for your help. Help us to um Handle another's well, whether it's their property or being under a boss at work or um, somebody's reputation. Help us to really take seriously your word and put it into practice. We pray these things in Jesus' name.